Radio. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWEAM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. How you, how you gonna point at me and my mic ain't up? It, it's Mellow Monday. <laughs> you know? well, he's in a better mood this week from last week. I have to. Be. They already knew it was coming anyway. Well, you know what? You talked me off the ledge, coach. You talked me off the ledge. Now I've, you know, I've re- reasserted my life and I'm heading in a good direction. So. There you go. Hey, welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of A and DNA. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Call in 404 is the number to call in if you need the toll-free number because you're in your mama's basement, 888-926-7562. We're also live on Periscope as well as Facebook. If you're tuned in visually, you see we got two handsome gentlemen here. Not the the A and DNA over there. Um, uh, <laughs> just, I'm taking he, shots early. He just mad because his team lost too. I know. <laughs> that they did. Got to take my shots while I can. But we are in the building. Glad to have two of Atlanta's finest here, Mr. Jared McKay, Mr. Richard Welt of PHP. How you guys feeling? Feeling wonderful. Feeling wonderful. How's everybody well. doing out there? Doing well. Thanks doing for the invite. There you go. There I we go. Appreciate it. So, let's start off. What is PHP? <clears throat> well, PHP is a, uh, we're basically in the marketplace to teach people how to make and save money. Um, our goal was to uh, come in and help folks that may not get the education about finances and just uh, that whole financial literacy piece that's missing in a lot of communities today. And we want to be the answer or be, of course, a part of the solution in that way. So, man, I'm just here, man, as a crusader to help folks understand finances, help folks get in a better place because right now things are bad and folks are just moving along like nothing is happening. And honestly, if we don't take hold of it, someone's going to be in some big trouble later. <laughs> that, that is the truth. And Jared, your role there. Um, I am a director of expansion at PHP. Again, I totally believe in helping people and making sure people are well knowledgeable about their money, their long-term savings, uh, their important money, and making sure that, you know, they're, they're not going through any trials or tribulations when it comes to their future. So about 15 years ago, ESPN had a 30 for 30 called Broke that highlighted a lot of athletes and why they go broke. Has that trend changed in the last 15 years? I'd say no. I'd say it's gotten worse. Uh, I, I, honestly, uh, what's happening in, in NFL, NBA, and 
and other professional sports. Uh, these guys, man, they're they're getting very little information, education. Um, they're young. Um, just imagine. I I want to think of myself coming out of uh, maybe high school or college, and someone giving me a seven eight figure check, and saying, "Hey, uh, this is this is your new life, and this is your new normal." And uh, what I would have done. And so what's happening, these guys are getting, they're getting this money. I was watching that as well. One of the guys said he, he took his first check down to the check cash in place because he didn't know how to open up a bank account. And uh, we're talking about things that are, should be transitioned or transferred from our families and from our homes. Uh, but unfortunately that education is not always really available through that. So we just feel like we need to get into the marketplace and make sure people are aware. Right. Now, you played baseball, <coughs> correct? Yes, sir. I was a college baseball player at the University of New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had come into that money, how do you think you would have reacted? Um, I, w- I would be say, honest. Um, be honest um, now. Um, I actually had plans. Okay. I, I did have a lot of plans on if, if that did come to fruition. Of course, I was taking care of some things um, on the family side as well as, you know, getting get a nice car. But I also understood um, that that money would not last forever unless you put it in a place where it can. Um, and so my envision was, hey, let's take half of this and put it somewhere for my future. My future may be five years from now. My future may be 10 years from now. It may be 30 years from now. Um, but I've, I've lived this life without all of this, so I can live this life with half of this. Um, and, and set up my future family and my future generation, the next generation after me, um, effectively with the blessings that I would receive. Now, where did you get your financial savings background from? Again, you're at New Orleans. I mean, it doesn't cost a lot to party in New Orleans, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. Um, I, I'd say I was, I was blessed. Okay. I was blessed to be able to um, be brought up in a household where that's something that we talked about okay. all the time. Um, many times I run into, you know, friends my age and they never knew how much money their parents made. I always knew that. That was something that we talked about at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, my parents would sit down with me every year and look at their budget and be like, hey, this is how much you're spending, right? This is how expensive you are in this right. house. <laughs> um, but it was, it, was a good, it was a good life lesson to figure out, okay, this is what adults do. Um, and this is how you plan and this is how you make sure things are set up in place to where, hey, if disaster strikes, I have money in this account or that account or that place. Um, and, and we're not really winging it. We are totally prepared for the worst, but still looking for the best. Um, and I think I, I say I was blessed because most people don't have that experience growing up. Um, most people have to figure that out once they do become an adult. Trial and error, a lot of error leads to a lot of debt. Um, but I was given that that financial foundation really from my mother and my father um really talking about save for the rainy day where to save understanding interest rates understanding bank accounts um understanding planning um just all things financial in terms of i mean credit score real estate i mean i was introduced to a lot of things at a very young age and i really say i'm blessed um to have experienced that in my adolescence rather than as an adult right so this is where PHP comes into play. <clears throat> yes, exactly. I was not so blessed in that mm-hmm. way. Um, <laughs> I come up in a family where uh, talking about money was taboo. Uh, we didn't. That was not something you asked. Right? How much money does Daddy make? Right. That, that'll get you 
a whooping. <laughs> so none of your business. You know? The lights are the lights on, right? So basically, uh, when I when I got out and, and started my entrepreneur venture, I was actually 24 years old, and I said, you know what? I need some more information. I would read a ton of books. I was always about self development. But I tell you, I kind of gotten I got attracted to real estate really young, so I got my license and started working in that field, and uh, I really understood how that how to make money there. But guess what? No one ever told me about market crashes, right? And so, uh, the first market crash I experienced, uh, I was pretty confident in making money, um, but I, I really didn't know where to save it, and I didn't know what to save for those days. And so, of course, when the crash happened in '07. Uh, and it was 07 for me because I was living in Las Vegas at the time. Um, I really, I had to to buckle down and figure this thing out. And so I said, there would not be another surprise when it comes to my money. And I sought out some information, education, and just some relationships to get me to where I am today. And so now, from that point until now, becoming co-owner of PHP Agency and being one of their top uh, brokers and having offices throughout the Southeast, all I do every day is wake up and think of, think of who can I help? What can I do to help you? How can I help you get to the, to the next stage of life? And pretty much let me help you figure out your next three to 15 moves. I play chess and not checkers and everything. And I believe you should do that in your finances as well. Exactly. If you looking back again at that documentary, mm-hmm. I was expecting, first of all, to be, you know, a few people who you don't know, not the the Kurt Schillings, the Andre Rosas, the Bernie Kozars, right? Because it was not discriminatory of just oh, I, I was black, about to, or, you know. I was about to say, no, I was really surprised was across about the board. how Caucasians were really right. involved. Just because of, unfortunately, how we get inundated with, we're always perceived the ones that don't know what we're doing with our money. money. You know what I mean? It's yes. people in general, That's but so true. the way things sometimes are perceived out. So, no, I was really surprised with the Lenny Dystras and <laughs> those guys who in the 80s were... Were, Top you know, of the world. Well, on the Wheaties boxes, on the commercials, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then those guys now in the 90s, when that documentary came out in the early 2000s, were dead broke. Right. Or had the same problems that everybody else had. Family members sch- scheming off of them, losing money, putting you know money in, right. in friends' uh, uh, hands and assuming that they were going to be doing right by them and they were, you know, being taken advantage, taken advantage of. of. How do you come back that? Um, I think you have to teach people, one, that financial literacy isn't a dollar amount. It's uh, education and it's discipline. Um, So no matter how much money you really make, if you aren't disciplined with it, you will continually spend it on the things that maybe you probably shouldn't be spending on, right? Someone who makes $40,000 can live a better life in retirement or a better life later in life than someone who makes $3 million, depending on how disciplined they are with their money. Um, So financial literacy is all about discipline and it's all about education. Um, and from there, that's that's really the the, the foreground and the the, ba- the base where we start. I'll say this too, um, and that's excellent. Um, another thing is just understanding debt. You know, I, I talk with my clients about uh, good debt and bad debt, or I would say debt that's manageable and debt that's out of control. Um, there's a difference between installment debt and revolving debt, right? Revolving debt is something that could go on for the rest of your life, right? You could pass it down to your next generation, where installment debt usually has an end date. And so we teach our our clients how to 
know, take their revolving debt and turn it into installment debt. There's a way to do that. There's a, 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 a opportunity there to not only learn, but also put yourself in a better place because now you have a debt freedom day. And that's, I think that's when you're talking about hemorrhaging, like we talk, well, there's six steps we kind of go over with our clients. The first step is, is budgeting. But after, when I'm sitting down doing your budget, what is always the, I would say, the detriment of something that's working against your budget is usually your debt. So that's our second stage is making sure that we help you understand debt. And our goal is to get you completely out of debt. And so I'm not just coming in trying to sell you something. I'm coming in to help you. We're not fee-based either, so we're free to our clients. And so when I come in, I'm helping them, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm an asset to the household. I'm not a liability. And so when I leave, I left not only with, I left them with some intellectual property, but I like to say, and we like to say as a company, we want to leave you better than we found you. And so if I'm able to do that, I'm, my goal is to do that right away. So I think debt is the, one of the biggest issues that we have. Obviously, America has that same issue as well. <laughs> right. Now, what about the numbers as far as players today? You know, it's so funny. I was doing some uh, research, just getting, getting caught up. Uh, 78% of NFL players are either bankrupt or under stress within two years of retirement. So just think about that, 78%. So some of your favorite base, uh, football players are in trouble right now. Um, I saw Warren Sapp. I saw some other names. And, uh, you know, just we can name a bunch of them. But the, the, the crazy thing is, you know, these guys were, you know, they were the ballers, not only on the field but off the field, right? They were the ones you saw at the club. And here's something that was really funny about, it's really funny about football players, you know, because they have the, they call it the, 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 the helmet deal yeah. where you don't know them. So they have right. to go and show off mm -hmm. because on the field, they all look the same, right? And so if you don't know their number, you don't know their history, basically catch them at the club and you really get a chance. Uh, NF, NBA is what really got me. 60% of NBA players go bankrupt within five years after leaving the sport. So when you think about 60%, right? And I, I think about... Jesus. Uh, I know that's, 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 that's a, it's a crazy number. Guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Yeah, that's the, the difference between... MLB and NBA as opposed mm -hmm. to NFL is yeah. the guaranteed money on the two sports. NFL, you know, it's basically a, a year to year kind of contract, it so is. to speak. Sometimes game to game, right? Acts yeah. Well, you TV. only, and the other thing for them, they <laughs> only get paid week to week. Week to week, week, to week yeah. Friday, Thursday. Oh, yeah, like whatever the day on, it is. If you're, not on the, if you're not on the active list as of Thursday, you're not getting a check at the end of the week. Right. Unless it's somehow worked out in mm -hmm. the contract or whatever, but at the end of the season, there's no similar to teachers. Yeah, you know they get paid while they're working and they have to figure you it figure out. those finances out Figuring when they're not mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. So you get a million dollar check or a signing bonus and you're getting some weekly checks and you think you're on top oh, yeah. of the world. So you retire all your friends mm -hmm. and buy your mom a house, which I think you should. But of course, make sure you're you're conservative when you're doing a, 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 and buying yourself a whole lot of things. Listen to these guys buying all these expensive cars and this jewelry that's not worth anything. When they drive it off the lot or pull it off the, the loses, jewelry floor. Loses, loses already. Exactly. <laughs> already. Right? What do they say? Guns and butter, right? Guns and butter, yes. I Guns and butter, I couldn't better myself. <laughs> so back to um, Jared again. You played baseball in college, and then what happened next? Um, so after I was finished my college career, I was able to um, join a, a Northwestern Mutual. Uh, and really I was attracted to them, one, because of their name, but also a mentor there uh, was a pro athlete as well, and so we connected there. Um, and I spent some time there, but what I found was my passion was always um, the middle-class America, right? The teacher, the, the government worker, the everyday, everyday person. Um, but at, you know, some companies, 
that's just not the case. It's not their target market, for so to say. Um, and I really wanted to educate and, and preach knowledge to everyday people because I felt like they're the ones that really needed, really need to hear it. Um, and, and so I ended up leaving there um, and was able to come back home to Atlanta because I was working there in New Orleans. And I was able to do some research, actually got connected with our CEO. Um, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, and and uh, his heart is really what attracted me to our company. If I said, hey, if a guy's in financial services with this kind of heart, I'd, I'd love to work with him. Um, and I was able to be blessed to have an office here in the Atlanta area and got connected with Richard Welch. Um, and it's been a blessing ever since then. So in college, you automatically knew or had that desire that, okay, I'm going to do something financial. Baseball is a means to an end, I guess. Would be I wouldn't, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't that cut and dry. Okay. Um, there were definitely opportunities to where um, I, I had many chances of going pro, um, but I knew that I couldn't play pro for the rest of my life. So I always knew that there was something after the sport, whether that was in college or five years in the league or whatever it was. Um, I had an understanding that there is life after the game, um, and I wanted that life to be something financial and really financial okay. education. Can we talk about the pro prospects? We allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we can talk okay, about that. What teams? All right, so out of high school, um, I got a call from the Red Sox, and they offered me a $120,000 signing bonus in the maybe middle fifth, middle teens, so 13, 15, somewhere in there. Um, ended up turning it down because my advisor said, hey, you go to school, you'll be able to get triple that. Um, ended up going to school, had a really good freshman year. Uh, sophomore year, ended up getting sick, ended up getting mono, lost 30 pounds in three weeks. That's Sam Donald um, being over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mono, mono is no joke. It ain't no joke. <laughs> it's, it's no joke. My doctor said I had an extreme case because I had a mono and a cold at the same time. It was awful. Um, but yeah, I lost 30 pounds, pretty much killed my ent entire sophomore season. Um, junior season came around, had a decent year, um, as well as a senior year, but just not up to um, the way I did my freshman year. Um, and it just, I, I, lo I lost love for the game. College does that to you sometimes. Um, it, it becomes more of a job than a, than a sport sometimes. It's not a game anymore. Say that game for people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a job, <laughs> not a all game. Right. All right, this is from a collegiate athlete. Yeah. Who got an offer out of high school. You know, right. When they start talking about money, we just, you know, previous it, shows. Right. <laughs> You know, I, I love baseball still to this day, but, you know, it was it, it became a different beast mm. um, and a beast I wasn't really in love with anymore. Um, and so I really turned my passion um, to financial literacy and financial education and in turn, really my um, competitive nature to helping people. Um, and so that's that's really how that sort of transition happened. So people stop making fun of Sam Donald. <laughs> talking about the kissing disease, like as you know, that's he came all he back had to quick, worry though, about. But I mean, the just got, just got money though, so they were, you know, they were putting the needle in the big toe. Right. They made sure. <laughs> 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 they got they got money they invested. Got money, they right. got money invested yeah. in them. So he had. But you can see how serious though that can be. Oh, it can be extremely. I mean, I was, I I can I got it first week of January. Um, 
and by third week of January, I'd lost 25 pounds. Like, wow. It was, and it happens like no that, slim you know? tea, no, no, no none of that. The people be taking that. I mean, for, that mono. right, no, no, right. <laughs> you gotta be careful with it. People, people will, will take that seriously. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> for me, it was. I mean, you just don't have an appetite. Your throat clogs up. I mean, it's just a very unfortunate, unfortunate event. But um, it. I mean, you take an athlete and lose 30 pounds of muscle in that short amount of time. It's just hard to really make that back up so basically when you're in college you saw behind the curtain so to speak which caused you to lose your love for the game um it, it really isn't behind the curtain it's, it's just you know when you get to a certain level it, it's not really a game anymore um <laughs> and so if if you love the game it's um you know it doesn't happen to everyone it, it really depends on you know your program your school but for me it just, um, I just didn't love it anymore. Wow. Okay. Question. So we had the coming into this season, you had the, um, and I can't think of my guy's name at uh, with the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. He had a lot. Well, he was a number nine pick for the um, Oakland A's. Yeah. Athletics. Yeah, and decided to go. Decide to go NFL. Mm-hmm. Yay, nay. You know. He made his he made his dream come true, right? Because if he would have which one had a well, if he if he would have had a bad year in college, then it sort of had like a fallback plan, right? Okay. Um, but I think you know he made his decision as he had the choice of doing both, and he chose the one that he wanted to do. Um, and you know, for me, the difference is in the NFL, you get drafted, you walk in, and you're a professional, top of the top, right? In baseball. Mm-hmm. You're at the bottom of the bottom, <laughs> and you got to work your way up to the top of the top, right? And you guys continually prove yourself in every level, um, at every level. And so, I mean, I'm sure that went into his decision. Yeah, I got the signing bonus, but yeah, I'm about to go play in the middle of Idaho somewhere for the next three to four years, right? Um, rather than I could go to the NFL and I'm in Arizona, right? Um, so it's 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 a different it's a different conversation. Um, you know, safety, I'm sure, went into it as well, uh, especially with him being a quarterback. Um, but they're looking to protect quarterbacks a lot more now. So maybe that was his one of his reasons as well. Um, but, I mean, hey, you know, for for a kid, that's pretty much the dream the dream choice, right? Do I go play in the NFL yeah. or do I go yeah. play in the NLV? Like, so I mean, what's the fi- – which one would have been better financially? I mean, Ooh, you, you, you finance. I mean, we talking finances Ooh. too. And read, them, read them stats again. Right. <laughs> So which so, one been better financially? Here's the nuts and bolts, right? He he would have probably got a big signing bonus going to the MLB, and he ends up in Double A, and he might be making eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month in Double A, right? So yeah, a lot of guys when they get drafted, they live off their signing bonus because you don't make really anything till you get to Double A or Triple A, right? Mm-hmm. And because of his stature and who he was, he probably would have went right into maybe High A or Double A. What if you don't? What if you go to rookie ball, right? Then you're making 800 bucks a month, right? Uh-huh. Um, living with three, four guys in someone you else's house. You basically explained it right there. <laughs> okay, that so ain't. I mean, so it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different. Because out of it's your household, he was an NFL. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> and then so if you go to the NFL, you're immediately making rookie contract money, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. While if you go to the MLB, you're not. Right gotcha. until you get that break to you know AAA or majors whatever, and you get you know the major league minimum, or then you get that first contract. 
Um, but the road's a lot tougher in the MLB, but because of that, there's a lot more longevity in it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's sort of, you have to look at it from both sides. It, it would have been a tough decision for me. It would have been tough. I, I, think, okay, I think based that, on that what you're saying, sense, if he really was that good, he would have went to, went to the Major yeah, League yeah. Baseball. Yeah. I don't think – I think based on that, yeah. what you're saying, he wasn't that good. Now, Grant, I, 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 he was I good, that. but he I wasn't – I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um, say that? Okay. I wouldn't say that. I think you have – you have a more opportunity to fail and get a second chance in the NFL as a quarterback than you would in the MLB. Because okay. if you get drafted as the MLB, there are six to eight guys going after that one position in the majors. Okay. Right. So he could have been very good. But the odds still are you have to beat six to eight other people that are very good to okay. eventually get to that major league spot, right? Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, so many things happen in, in the journey. I mean, you could look at guys, I mean, like Jock Peterson now. I know guys that were with him in rookie ball, and they say there was no shot anyone ever think he would be this good, right? So there's a lot of things that happen into the development of a professional league baseball player with who you are when you get drafted and who you are when everyone finally sees who you really are, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot that you can't really control, a lot of things that just happen. Sometimes you get a coach that just says one thing and it just clicks. There are a lot of things that have to happen right for you to make it. Um, and you don't really have that to think about in the NFL. Like like I say, you get drafted first round. I mean, they tra- they let their quarterback go to draft him. So he's your quarterback. Right. So you're walking in there day one and you have the confidence of, I have the ability and the freedom to make mistakes and grow. While in the MLB, that might not be the case. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to play this again so they'll understand the league. <laughs> I, was like, I, thought he, I thought he made a mistake longevity-wise. I thought he made a mistake. But now, based on on that, maybe not so much. No, only time, my mind only sense, time will tell. If he becomes a four-time pro bowler, you never know. Yeah. Well, you're looking good so far. So far. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more to discuss with Richard and Jared. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is 1100 AM. Be right back. You're listening to the real 1100 AM Atlanta's real sports and entertainment talk for you. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Hey. I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world. (laughs) 
To the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or DNASportsTalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA News. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan-style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWE 1100 AM. Hello, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk, where we bring the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Once again, 404-603-8770 is the number to call in if you have any questions for our guest, Mr. Richard Welts, Mr. Jared McKay of PHP Agency. We were talking during the break about MLB players and the road that it takes. Elaborate on that a little bit for our listening audience. Ooh, well... Most most major league baseball teams have anywhere between four and six minor league teams under them, right? So every year you have 40 teams, well, 30, 32, 30 major league teams. There are 40 rounds in the major league draft, right? So you guys do the math. They're drafting over 1,200 guys a year, right? So where do all of those guys go? A, good, a couple of them don't end up signing, right? Some of them get drafted and end up going to college. Um, but most of those guys end up in rookie ball or low A ball or high A ball. Um, if you're a, a, a top-tier college guy, you might end up in double A. Um, like Alex Bregman, when he first got drafted, he went straight to double A. Um, but most guys end up in, in rookie ball or low A ball, and you got to work your way. You got to work your way. You, you got to catch some breaks to maybe the guy that's ahead of you gets hurt. Or maybe the guy that's ahead of you has a bad year. Right, or maybe the the major league guy gets traded, so then the triple A guy moves up, so then you can move up to double A, right? So um, it's it's a journey. I played high school with guys that got drafted into high school, and they're still in high A ball, and here mm-hmm. it is four or five years later, right? And coming out of high school, a lot of them were the best thing, right? Um, but then some guys like um, the the guy who graduated a year before me, Clint Frazier. He platooned for the Yankees, right? Now, who's his competition? Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? But coming out of high school, he was the number one player in the country. Mm -hmm. 
but he's not Mike Stanton and he's not Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, Aaron Judge was undervalued when he got drafted because people thought he was too big and he couldn't play in the bigs, right? He came out of Arizona. Um, and so you, you really never know. That's the thing. You never know. Um, you take guys, it's a guy that plays for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Austin, Austin Meadows. Um, he was from Georgia as well. He was, I think, f- like the fourth guy ranked in the country. Um, and this was really his breakout year. Um, he had been stuck in Pittsburgh under McCutcheon and Marte and um, Polanco. But what happened? All those guys went other places, and now he got a chance to play in Pittsburgh. Then he eventually got traded to um, Tampa Bay for, I believe that was a Chris Archer deal. Um, and he had a, he had the best year of his career last year. But think, all those things had to go right, right. for him you to get, to, for for you to get the opportunity, <laughs> right? And coming out of high school, you were the fourth best guy in the country, yeah. right? So that those are just a lot of things. I mean, baseball overall is... I hate to say it, but it's, it's hard to come out of America and be successful in baseball um, just because for the amount of money that you get one American kid, a major league team can get 10 guys from a different country. From, from, from mm-hmm. the right? Caribbean. Right. And so it's it's you're going up against those guys. And the thing is that people don't understand, those guys get drafted at 15 years old. And you can't get drafted till you're 18. So they have professional <laughs> development three years earlier than you do. That sound right. like immigration to me. <laughs> right. No. So, I mean, it, it, <laughs> but you look you look at Ronald Cunha, right? Ronald Cunha was picked up by the Braves when he was 16 years old, mm-hmm. right? And now he's 20, 21, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's Same so thing young. With he's Al- Altuve. Something. Same thing with Altuve, Altuve, right? And they actually sent Altuve home. Yeah. And he came back. He said, no, you're, you're going to want to have me on your team. And I think they got they made a pretty good deal there. I think so. <laughs> you think so? I but think so. The, the, the reason why I made that comment about about immigration or whatever is because you have what a lot of people don't sometimes don't take into consideration is you have immigrants that come over here. The way the system is set up now, mm-hmm. where you come over here from a war torn country, they get a lot of things that Americans don't get. Mm-hmm. So you got a sponsor. You come over here with nothing. We give them everything as far as, you know, housing or whatever the case may be. And then, so to your point about financing, imagine me, imagine you having what you have now at this age compared to at 18. So imagine those individuals much, much further in life being given a second opportunity. They know what they didn't have where they came from or wasn't given. And so they make the best of it. Whereas we here get strapped with, with, with debt, school, medical bills, whatever. And then we got to go through a whole lot of a lot of hurdles to get to a financial place to 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 make a difference in our current life and down for generations or whatever. So that's the reason why I was like, I got you. You know, at fifteen, <laughs> you you know, you were professional at fifteen. We can't be a professional due to NCAA rules until mm-hmm. eighteen, nineteen, or whatever the particular sport had set up. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously football, you got to wait two years. You know, yeah, you got to be a certain age. I think so, the issue with with that when you speak about immigration and the fact that they <clears throat> they come here and they see an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think what happens here with us is we're opportunities are everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And so we walk into situations where potentially we could fall into the best position in life, but because we take it for granted, granted yeah, correct. Oh yeah. We end up, you know, of course, yeah. backpedaling mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out later in life. Here's the the the, the issue that we see in our world is 
you know, young folks, they feel like, oh, it's too early to start planning, right? And then you get someone that's mature in age that's telling them, hey, you need to plan, yet and still, they haven't made the adjustments and the sacrifices themselves. And so, unfortunately, what are we fighting here? And so you get into certain communities where they believe in it and they take 10, 20, 30 percent of their income yeah, and save cultural. it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, of course, others may say, well, I don't need to save anything. I had a guy tell me the, the living buries the dead. So we do a lot with insurances and, and things of that nature. And our goal is to make sure not only are you setting that up, but it's, it's a generational idea and, and understanding. Um, our team name, so to speak, our group within our company is the Generational Wealth Builders. Why? It's, and and, and there's, wealth can come in different levels. First, I believe, obviously, everyone thinks, knows that wealth is money. But guess what? I believe you can really get caught in rich and be and have money. Wealth is not only money, but it's also relationships and resources, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of, obviously, these guys had a lot of money, but they didn't have the, the, the relationship and resources to keep it. They said, once you get money, what are you going to do to keep it, right? And so that's where your relationships and resources come in. You know, I think that I speak to some of my, my, uh, my, my partners in, in, that has come from India and different places like that. They believe in that. They will. That's, that's not even a question, right? So right now they're saying, hey, whatever I need to do, I'm always planning for the next generation. The guy that actually taught me about this and sat me down and gave me some insight, he said, Richard, here's the issue. He said, in our community, he was a white guy. From, from a very affluent family. So in our community, we're always thinking, we, we're always thinking the next generation or generation after. And so they're planting seeds now. So I ask you, what would you do right now with an extra million bucks? Not just what you have, but an extra million bucks because someone made, you know, a $100 sacrifice, $200 sacrifice to put something up for you for the next generation. I think about when people, you know, in my family, when people pass on, Hey, we jumping on the casket, like, please, please, please. And I'm always invited to, to weddings and funerals because they feel like I'm rich. And so when I get there, <laughs> you know, I get that nod, hey, can you come in the back room? And I already know what that is. That's <laughs> somebody going to tap on my pockets. And so if you plan for certain things that you know are going to happen, so when we think about, like, life insurance and saving and all that, if you plan for it, because you know it's going to happen, it's not like if, it's when. Mm-hmm then you know you're in a better position. And, oh, by the way, you're setting up the next generation. So this family, they taught me, hey, Richard, when a funeral happened in our family, we have a roundtable discussion, and we are talking about projects that we're working on because $10 million just came in today. It's a different mindset, and it's all about making preparation and getting things in place. So that's really my crusade with anyone. I used to work with athletes. I was a service provider for them and with clothing and all that. And I remember how much, how they spent money. Those guys used to borrow money from their next year's contract to pay their bills. Pay, this, pay, in, this NBA players, by the way. Pay their loans, huh? Wow. <laughs> right. They're borrowing money from their next. I would go and sit down with their agents, and the agents would be like, hey, man, what do you want me to do? This guy just bought a freaking uh, uh, Rolls Royce today. And I'm like, well, he owes me 25000 He was like, get in line. You know, and these are these are high-powered agents. These are top-tier players. You know, that's basically making it rain every night at, at the club, and they're, they're not thinking about this is going to end one day. So, as Jared was saying, he actually has a degree in finance as well. He didn't just go to to, to uh, University of New Orleans. He also went for finance. So he was planning two, three steps ahead, mm-hmm. right? So you can get that education. So now, when you get the money, you know what to do with it. And I think that's key, and I think that's missing. So that's really, and I love to be able to connect with someone and just answer that question for them. How do I do it? It's very simple. Money is very simple. It's not difficult at all. 
Now, like Jared with the um, baseball, realizing the financial route was where he was headed, mm -hmm. you with your clothing, did you realize when you were, it was NBA, correct? Yep. Did you realize then you wanted to go in a financial path? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I was forced because I'm like, okay, what is going on, right? The question, I, obviously I say that and some of you guys probably think like, okay, this guy owned, you know, a guy might owe me 50000 and I'm chasing him around the country to get it. Right. And he and he just made, you know, twenty, fifteen million dollars last year. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Right. Right. So that's, that's in the bank. That's right. in the bank. <laughs> so what is the problem? Right. So me, my issue was, I mean, I even left that I, I, my company. I shut my company down, you know, upside down because so many guys owe, owe me money and just, you know, they didn't want to pay. Right. And so, you know, of course, you want to bring in lawyers and all that. But I got to the point where I was just like, this is crazy. What is going on? And it's the lack of financial education. And so. I sought it out really selfishly for myself because every time something like that happened where I had to transition, I never had enough money to do it. I was always back to square one. And I said, that'll never happen to me again. And so I sought out the information and education. Now that I have it, have a great partnership with PHP, an awesome partnership with a guy named Patrick Bet David that's taught me a ton. Anyone who knows entrepreneurship, they know him. Number one entrepreneur channel on on uh, YouTube Valuetainment. This guy is, is a freaking giant in our industry, 41 years old. He's taught me so much about money in the two short years I've been with him that I am completely not only loyal to his crusade, but also connected with him through paperwork as a partner. And I, all throughout my life, I've been searching for millions of dollars, and I was able to connect with someone to make me a millionaire in two years. And so that says a lot about someone and about what their crusade is. Not only are they looking to help clients, but hey, if you partner with me, you give me a shot, you help me build my company in the Atlanta area throughout the Southeast, and I'll give you a piece of it, and now I'm an equity millionaire. So how great is that? Not only you get the education, but you also get a partnership, right? And that's what I was saying. Whenever I'm seeking education, I'm always looking for how can I connect and what can I do to be of service in that space? And so, of course, Don, you and I met in that way, right. and everyone that I connect with, I meet in that way, and I'm very sincere about it. And so, to have a, a guy like Jared on my team to work with me, I mean, this is a—he said oh, he's blessed to have me. I'm blessed to have him because not only his age is so awesome, because he's only 23 years old, right? Which a lot of people look at him and they see the youth in his face when then he gets to talking. They're like, "Wow, who, this guy's a powerhouse!" <laughs> but he's also very, very passionate about what he does and what we do together. And as to, I'm just fortunate to have him as a partner. Now, you had your business and you worked with the NBA that was in Detroit? I, I was based out of Detroit. I was based out of Detroit. So are you, what it do? Fans? You know what? Uh, oh, man. You know, it's, it's hard to be a, <laughs> It's tough to be a Pistons and Lions fan. I'll say this. I'll say this. I will never go back home and say I'm anything other than. But, I, but for a minute there, for a minute, um, you know, because I, I, I definitely got, I got uh, possessed by Kobe. And so uh, I, mm. I would be the guy, I would be the only guy with that Lakers jersey on you can at say a Pistons it. party. You could say it. I'm the same way. Uh -huh. I'm literally the same way yeah. when it comes to, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm all, these two will tell you, I'm, I'm everything ATL, but something about, something about that purple and gold and Kobe era. You you LeBron fan? I'm a Laker fan. And I like uh, the fact that, that wasn't the question, was it? Listen, I'm a, that I'm wasn't the question. And I'm excited that they, that was not they the acquired one of the best players in the world. One of the best players you in the world. Actually, so. You LeBron fan? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> 
that had to be difficult for you. I mean, Pistons, Lakers, that. Yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I tell you, you at do the that time, online only. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had to take some people with me. Right? Um, but here's the thing, man. I, I, I kind of, I was kind of fans of the guys that patronize my business too. So if I go to their games yeah. and he's spending a hundred grand a year with me on clothing, oh, yeah. hey man, you know what? Yeah. You want me to wear the jersey? You want me to scream? What I'm you want me to do? Right? Right? Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. So back in the day, I had Ike Austin. He was one of my clients. Memphis Grizzlies, right? Um, and and uh, I had a couple guys on that team, but here's the thing: I go to I go to the game when they had it at the pyramid, and I scream as loud as I could because they were dropping money in my pocket. Yeah. Hey, you can say you knows what he did right there. Did you catch it? He said, "Yeah, I Austin." So he named one person, then he yeah. said a couple other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I paid him. I, I, yeah, right. I, yeah. <laughs> I picked up on that. I, I check was good. I check was good. <laughs> see, see. But he ain't gonna mention the, no, the no, other no, the, no, no. I don't the other names. Them. I don't right. deal with them. I don't deal with them. Who knows where they went? We won't, would, we won't I even would, ask. It would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> Who are the other good clients? You know what? I had quite a few, man. Um, one of my best clients was Jermaine O'Neal from okay, Indiana man. Pacers. Yeah. Uh, him. I had him. Stephen Jackson. I had those guys when the brawl happened at the Pistons. I'm about to say, speaking of Jermaine O'Neal, <laughs> I remember the first time I met Jermaine O'Neal. We was at uh, Remedies. Remedies. He couldn't Used get in. Used to be on Far Road for those who remember back then. Yeah, he couldn't get in. It's so funny. So I was in Indiana when he opened up his club club. It was well, club seven. Mm-hmm. That was his number. Um, and I, I, you know, I did a bunch of stuff with him. Jermaine was another one of those guys, man. You come in black card on the table, right? I need 50 suits. I need a hundred suits. Steven Jackson, probably one of the best clients I ever had. Um, in that way as well. Steven just got, hey, man, just made me look good. Here's my car. So I had a lot of guys that did that. Katino Mobley was one of my guys, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Here you go. Katino's um, still dressing like that. Yeah. yeah he's sharp. That's a big three. Big three, yeah. Katino yeah. yeah. <laughs> bought fur coats. He bought clothes. He bought it all from us. Um, but then I had some other guys on the Rockets that didn't do so well with me. Um, they played with Katino. I won't say any names. <clears throat> uh, roster. <laughs> <laughs> 90, 94, 95. <laughs> You want them to become a head, uh, assistant head coach, point guard? I tell you, one of them. I won't say his name, but he ordered. And we 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 have, we have a first, we have a first store in Detroit. My dad's owned it for many years, and he ordered a white mink coat for All Star Weekend. A white mink coat, right? So my dad was talking with him. He was like, oh, "I don't feel this guy." Yeah. So we had one in the store that he could fit, but he's like, "No, I want my I want a fresh one." So my dad said, "Here's what we're gonna do. If he's really serious." We're gonna because he didn't pay us that day. Yeah. You know, if you're really serious, we just take the lining out of this one and yeah, put a new lining in, right? Right. You know, it was kind of like yeah. a, right. It was in the store. It yeah. was white. Yeah, right. And you know, I went to I went to uh, I went to the to the game. He he ran from me the whole weekend. How you, gonna, how you gonna run with a white makeup? Well, no, he didn't get. I had the coat. Oh, he never yeah, wanted to get he, it. You never, and it, you know, I think the bill was like fifteen thousand or something. Nothing to those guys, right? You know, but he actually, I ran into him at the club later on, and he was buying. You know, he yeah. bought the whole top rack of crystal that night, so he spent <laughs> the cost of the coat and Easily. champagne yeah, 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 that yeah. night. But that's just, <laughs> hey, man, it, you know, and that's back, another part back that really to your stats though. I know, right? right. Why, <laughs> Well, he's one of those guys, you know, I, I know that for a fact. So, you know, Gary Payton was one of my guys. So we had a lot of good guys on our yeah. roster, man. I, I love the fact that we were able to do some good stuff. But some other guys didn't do so well. <laughs> As we noticed by the not mentioning yeah, the names right, you know, of the old hey, hey. <laughs> How we got to do? We don't own the rights to this music. Right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> But um, 
also too you talked uh, you know a lot about how much they spend in the club and doing things like that also from uh that broke series it was so much bad business deals <laughs> restaurants uh car washes um, hey, I'm, you know, a family member. Hey, I want to do this. And I think it was Kozar that said he was supporting like 25, families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 35 families. Families at one time. Yeah. Families. Not individuals. Was, yeah. 25, 35 families. Now that, I don't, you I mean, I, <laughs> mm, but. Because one person made it. Yeah. Then, like you mentioned earlier, that tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Come to the back room. Yep. Yeah. Everybody had a handout at a point. I, I tell you, there's a way to structure that, right? These guys get into the league. They get their they get their money. Instead of taking care of everyone, put them on the payroll. They become a part of your write-offs, right? So your mom, she mm-hmm. can run your charity. Your wife, she can assist your mom, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Your brothers and your sisters, they can help with certain things. You just put them on the payroll. You're a corporation at that time. So structure it properly, and you're, and you're in a better place. But just taking care of folks, that money is going out. You can't write off it's anything. It's not coming back. And it's Ain't not coming back. back. And so, you know, Jermaine O'Neal was probably one of the most, I will say, out of everyone. Uh, great story. I know we don't have a ton of time, but I was sitting at his house delivering some clothes one day, and, you know, he had a balance with me. And his money guy was there, and his chef was there, and some other family members that I, that I won't say. And he was reviewing his bills. It was bill day. And so certain people in his family had access. They had their own American Express cards. And I'll never forget that day. I'm sitting next to him at his island, and he nudges his money guy. Well, his money guy nudges him first, and he nudges him like, wait a minute. He pointed at the person like, is this that person? He was like, yeah. And so he instantly said, oh, when I get done doing this, we need to have a meeting. Mm -hmm. That's how serious he was. Like, he gave you a monthly budget. If you went over it, as one of his family members, you had to have a meeting. You had to explain why, right? Because he was not going to allow you to do that because, of course, you give an shake, take a mile. And that's just, I saw that. And I, that day I was so uncomfortable, I wanted to hurry up and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing was I noticed how, and I know right now he's in a good place just because of some of those decisions. Yeah. So, And he wound up getting hurt. And his, yeah. his career kind of yeah, fought it full, it sure fizzled out. So, you know. It sure did. But having that backing and that mm-hmm. financial mindset. Mm-hmm. So how do you get to that, that guys like Shaquille O'Neal who, I mean, granted, he winded up being able to, you know, have endorsements or whatever. But him having that mindset where he's like, I, I don't think he's still spending NBA check yet. He's about right, to yeah. 20 years. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm living off of endorsement, endorsement. money. I haven't spent near, near a check that the league has given me. It's know. so funny. In that L.A. system. With the Bus family and all those folks, they're a true family, man. So when you get like a Magic who basically feels uncomfortable when he needs to leave and and and, and exit the, the the room, they're really a family. He called Jenny his his sister, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the deal: those guys got they were they had access to a lot of resources. And here's one thing that's not happening on all these teams that's happening there. That's why the Laker, the Laker legend legendary story will live on because of that. And so um, I think with Shaq with Magic and all those guys, they were able to make some things happen that most people won't because wealth, right? Resources and relationships. Gotcha. I mean, Shaq owns like 300... Uh, like burger joints. The only thing I disagree with Shaq is he should have let uh, let uh, Papa John's let the capital system do what it's supposed to do. But you know that's my only. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what too so so funny about that? Uh, I, I think restaurants are are, are dicey, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got too many things that's kind of they're perishable. Um, 
but it also how do you how you structure it. So I was listening to Shaq one day and how he structured deals because you know Shaq always sounds like the big goofy guy that has right. a good time, but he's very strategic in how he structures deals. Right? I think some of it he gets from magic, but just being able to do that and really walk into a room and they know this guy is not coming to be taken advantage of. Yeah. Right, because that's what a deal, a negotiation is. Who's right, going? Yeah. Right, how how strong are you in your position? Right, that's what so they say. The best deal is when both both people walk away feeling they lost, yep. or both people walk away feeling <laughs> like they won. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best negotiation that's possible. Um, before we go to break, real quick, I want to come back to you, Jared, for a minute. When you were talking about MLB and the baseball and um, how you have to go through the minors, the different, how did you feel? And I guess maybe you can tap into what others have felt about Tebow getting a shot, taken away from that roster <clears throat> position. Um, well, you know, proper popularity gives you opportunity. Um, and I think he, he pretty much did what everyone thought would happen. He would get his shot, maybe play for a year or two. Um, that was his ceiling at double-A maybe, maybe even would have made it to triple-A. Um, and then he would go do something else, right? His whole thing was, I, I want to try this, right? Um, Think similar to like Jordan. Jordan was like, I want to try this, right? Primetime. Primetime did that at a different level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him and Bo Jackson. And, and Bo Jackson were pretty right. much the, the cream of the crop in right. that in that instance. But, um, you know, I think if I was in the Met system and, and maybe he took my spot, I would feel a little bit salty. Mm. Um but it's it's not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last. But I I don't think anyone really saw him as ever being a true major leaguer. Um, but you know you got you get your shot, right? Everyone gets a shot, right? So I I don't think you know I think you had to be in that system, and maybe he took your spot, or maybe you were, you know, in low A, and he was in double A, and you were two promotions away from him, and now he sort of pushed back your timeline from, mm -hmm. hey, I might be in the league in three years to hey, now it might be five six. Um, probably those guys are the only ones that really felt any type of haste, I would say, um, outside of that specific organization. So in that, with that came with Tebow, when you have a guy... Hold that, oh, hold that thought, hold that thought. We're going to take a break. Okay. We're at the top of the hour. Uh, they're going to stay with us. Y'all good? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. This is DNA Sports Talk 1100 AM. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best gnarling style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. Hey, 
I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world, <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or dnasportstalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA News. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown. On WWWE 1100 AM. Good today, ain't he? <laughs> I know, right? He is Mellow Monday. Hey. Uh, this is DNA go. Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Call in 404 if you have any questions for our guests or for us. Um... Somebody did mention uh, during the last segment there needs to be a monopeel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you tuned in on, on Facebook or Periscope, you saw that. Uh, but we still have Mr. Richard Welts, Mr. Jared McKay in. And we were talking MLE, MLB um, baseball and the minor leagues. And you were going The question, question I asked um, is when you have, in this case, Tebow or Jordan or a high profile guy comes to a. a uh, you know, um, single A, double A, or whatever the scenario, and you mentioned the contracts that they're eight hundred dollars a week or eight hundred dollars a month or whatever. But now, I'm selling out this twenty thousand seat stadium. It's like we go up to um, what's the Gwinnett Snappers, the Stripers, Stripers. I'm sorry, um, that stadium might hold fifteen thousand people. But now, if I had a Tebow there for the next month and a half or two months, it's 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 going to be standing room only and a line out the door. And my question to you was, do those guys get any trickle-down effect from that, you know, that scenario? Um, I, would, I would say no, yeah. just because of, I mean, your contract's your contract, right? Yeah. So um, you look at it in terms of, you know, you look at, like, the, the Brooklyn Nets, right? The Brooklyn Nets just signed Kyrie and KD. So they're, they're probably going to start selling out a lot more stadiums than they were last year. But the guys on that team aren't making any more. 
right? Gotcha. So it's pretty much similarly along those lines. Like when a team gets better and people start coming to see the team more, that doesn't really go to where the player is. The player's contract is their contract now. They might have gotten a better bus or, you know, better better food before and after the games and better hotels and maybe like that if the owner was generous or whatever. Um, but a, a, in terms of a raise, I wouldn't see that, okay. that really being in there. I was just, just wondering, just, you know, I know with the major leagues, obviously, those contracts are solid. But, I mean, contract is a contract at the end of the day, right. regardless of what level you're at. But I just didn't know, you know, if there was a benefit to, as we were talking about, if I'm at that level, the more exposure, if I'm not going to get any benefit from from him being here, and if I'm getting knocked down because he's being here, is there any trickle down into my pocket? <laughs> Anything to soothe the pain? You know? <laughs> Anything, but just a better seat on the bus, huh? And more cheese on the on the pizza. Now you get pepperoni. You get pepperoni. Woo, it's hard out here, boy. You get Papa John instead of CC. Cold, cold. Not wrong with CC. Cold, cold world. Cold, cold world. Speaking of baseball, your thoughts on the World Series? Ooh, I think I think the Nationals had their chance. Um, especially with shirts and not going, it's uh, I mean, it's gonna be tough. It's it's, it's gonna be tough. But um, oh, they going home tomorrow. I mean, yeah, the tomorrow. Nationals tomorrow. coming home. They said they're coming home tomorrow. They're coming home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know, I, it was it's it was it's weird. The Nationals did what they need to do in going 2-0, and you sort of expected the Astros to sort of you know play like their hair is on fire because you know they can't go down 3-0. And I think it's, it's that 2-1 game to where are we going to go to 3-1 or is it going to go 2-2 that really sort of messed up. It's crazy you think of a seven-game series really coming down to one game. You saying it was the, the – I think I told Don, we were talking over the weekend, I was like, I've never think that the most important third three-game of a series that the team up 2-0 had to win it. Mm. I think the Nationals had to win game three to win the series. I, and when they lost it, I was like, they lost it. I was like, it's over. It's, what, what did I say? You did? During, during game three. No, no. No, no. I was, no, no game end, two. At the end, end game, game two, two I said, out, 96 don't become the 96 Braves. As soon as it happened, I said, don't become the 96 Braves. Now, you're a baseball player. I think the mm-hmm. one thing about baseball compared to any other sport is the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. And at oh, the yeah. end of the day, those things always rear their head. If you're... If you don't have a bullpen, it's gonna it's Which gonna show the up. Astros have a yeah. Astros have a great bullpen. If, if you you know whatever it is, like Bull Buckner and, and mm-hmm. with the Red Sox, somehow we all knew he was injured, <laughs> and the ball found him on the on the first baseline and went. Baseball is a numbers, but he had been that that year though. He was probably one of the most. He was always had errors on the first base. So mm-hmm. baseball seems to me to be a numbers a numbers a numbers game. It, if you're in a series long enough, those things will will eventually come to fruition. And since... I mean, it, it's strange you say that. So I think that's very true in terms of regular season. Um, but when you get to the playoffs, a lot of times the numbers go out the window because if you do about the numbers, the, the Nationals shouldn't be in the World Series. Well, no, I mean, no. Yeah. But neither, they were hot coming in. Neither, yeah, they were neither, hot coming neither in. should the Cardinals. But, I mean, they, <laughs> the way they won is how they lost. Yeah. The Braves gave up 10 runs in, in, in game five. And, the and Cardinals they turned can't Cardinals hit anything. And, and Cardinals no, hit, <laughs> but they couldn't hit anything for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just timing at the yeah, end of the day. I think um, the numbers are the numbers in baseball because you play so many games. You're going to mm-hmm. be who you are. Um, but when you get into the playoffs and it's a shortened season and 
it's just amplified because of the energy and it's it's winner go home. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys play above what their numbers say. Gotcha. And then a lot of guys play below what their numbers say. And that's really just because you get something in a small sample size, you really have no clue what to expect. Gotcha. Um, but when it comes to regular season, pretty much guys are going to be who they are. Right? But then when you get to playoffs, I mean, baseball, I think, is really one of the, the few sports where when you get to the playoffs, you throw everything that happened in the regular season out the window. Okay. okay. Um, I agree to that point. Now, I will say, but postseason has – it's a reason why – um, the Yankees Jackson was called Mr. October. Mm-hmm. Decent regular season, but you knew in the playoffs what well, yeah. you could count on. Yeah. Opposite of Kershaw. Opposite Great in the regular season, yeah. but in the playoffs, he just cannot get same it thing, done. Same yeah. thing for managers. Bobby Costa went in oh, the game in the game, season. Right. It was soon 14 as, soon titles. As, as soon as the, the calendar went from September 30 to October 1st, this it's dude right. can't coach out of a box. <laughs> 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 And you, but, but you got, it, but you got happens. my man. You got my man in New York. Those Yankee teams weren't world beaters. You know, a few of those years they were, they but were. a lot of them they, you know, they were decent teams. They, they were pretty good teams. They go from September. They go from September thirtieth to October first, and you would think they had won every eighty-two game right. that they ever played in, based on how he managed. I just, you know, I think playoff playoff baseball is just everything about it is different than the regular season because in the regular season you're always. You're trying to win, but you're also focused on the long haul, right? So in college, we played 52 games in three months, right? Wow. That's a lot. In, in the pros, you play 162 in eight months, right? You're playing 29 to 30 out of 31 days. So you're trying to manage and, and coach and play for the long haul. But then we can get to October, and it's, it's do or die, right? So everything about longevity goes out of the window. So you end up... You know, being maybe a better player than you were, you end up being a different player than you were in the regular season just because it's a different atmosphere. The goal is different, right? That's why you see so many guys now use relievers in the third and fourth inning because they only have to do that for three weeks. You can It's sustainable for three weeks. It's not sustainable for six, seven months, right? So it's, it's just different. It's I can't really explain it, but playoff baseball, no matter what level you're at, it's a different beast. It's a different animal. So what's your... What's your perspective of Verlander? 0-5 in the World Series. Does he get it done tomorrow night for the Astros? I think he does. Okay. I think he does. All right. I know he does. It's done. So the Nats and the Braves are forever linked to to linked together. They they out of here. They out of here tomorrow night. I think the problem is too. Um. Um. Uh, um. No, I can't pronounce his name. Strasburg. Strasburg. I think he knows he has to go nine, go eight, eight and a third. Like he has to go he deep, to go. and I think is that's even much harder. Um, when, when you know that, when you yeah, and because as a hitter, you know that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and so they don't have any pressure when they come to the plate. Like he has to pinpoint his pitches, you know, and so he doesn't have any room for error. So I think, and I think that's going to force where he might have gotten pulled in the sixth inning if this plays out that way. He goes two innings too too long. Because there is no hope on that bullpen. We've seen that the last three games. Right. They, the, they've been all close games the yeah. last three games until about the sixth inning when he had to go to the bullpen. And then, yeah. I mean, that's been the Nationals' crux pretty much all year. So it, Strawberry got to go nine. <laughs> and he might possible. have to go. Might have to go ten. If they get it's, it's baseball. Anything can happen. I got to pull a bum on A couple other. Th- 
things in baseball. Phillies hiring Joe Girardi and my Cubs. I'm a, a Cubs fan. Uh, going with uh, Rossi, Grandpa. All right. So with Joe Girardi, I will say this. Joe Girardi was the manager for Team USA for the Olympics for 2020. Um, first time baseball been back in the Olympics since I think it was 04 maybe. And he resigned to go coach the MLB. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's good. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there, right? Um, you know, you you get to manage the team that represents your country in the Olympics and you say, no, I'm going to go coach an MLB job. I don't know. But then again, um, that's a pretty good job, though. Money that, over, he got, that he wouldn't got. So, money over pitchers, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and so he's not like he, he's not getting a terrible team, right? He's getting a pretty pretty talented team. I think that went into it as well. Um, if I re, if I remember correctly with him, though, he did, he didn't really do bad with his stint at the Yankees. He did. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Yankees, he won that you, first year. He won the first year, and, and I think that. he just you know steroid boys. The Yankees just said we that was need a leftover. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes you just need a, a new a new sound in the clubhouse. Um, they went with with Aaron Aaron Boone there, but with the Cubs, again, new sound? huh? Is that going to be a new sound instead of Joe Madden? I I don't. You know, Joe Madden is really one of the most interesting managers in the pros, just because of how he does business as a manager. Mm-hmm. I think it was real unfortunate for the for him to go, just because I huh? mean he's been so successful there, and really is. It wasn't really anything he did. It was, you know, players just having bad years. And but I think he, he winded up with the Anaheim Angels, though, right? So he got the – didn't he wind up in L.A. with the Anaheim Angels? Oh, he hasn't I'm signed I'm not entirely yet. sure. No, I don't think he's gone anywhere yet. I thought they were – I thought the, the deal was he was going to wind up, you know, they had to work the numbers out, but he was going to wind up with the Angels. Well, now, that, that puts him with the – according to everybody, the best war guy as far as numbers there is – with uh, Trout, if he yeah. winds up there, but they haven't, they haven't. Smoked <laughs> yeah, that's any. where he went. He went there. That's he, right, because he did. Because I, um, yeah, he was from there originally. Okay. At, so, well, right. at one point, yeah. I got so, you. Yeah, I mean, you see these two managing hires. They're they're, um, getting very talented teams. So it's not like they're starting from scratch. They're getting extremely talented teams. Um, the NL Central, where the Cubs are, is 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 extremely talented. With the Cardinals, of course, always going to be there. The Cubs are very talented. The Brewers got the best player in the National League, if you ask me. Um, and the Angels, like you just talked about, you know, the Angels had Mike Trout, but Mike Trout hasn't seen the playoffs, right? So it really goes into you, the book on him, August thirty first. <laughs> you, you, you need a team. You need a team. I mean, the best player in the world can't carry a baseball team. It's not how it's. It's not how it's not set, set up. up. Yeah. You really need a, a, a solid group of guys around you. And they don't have to be, you know, all-stars. But, you know, you gotta, I, they got to win games for you. I, I, I dump on Trout only because now baseball, as far as getting to the playoffs, has been watered down. You know, back in the day, you won the pennant. You had to win the pennant. So you always there's always with teams that That's were true. had a hundred plus games but didn't win, didn't win see the postseason. But now you can wind up with eighty seven wins and and be a wild, be, card. And be a wild, be a wild card. card. Yeah, you know. That's so, very true. I, but still, I, you gotta have more yeah, yeah, I, around I, you. I, I get it. I'm just saying. I, people like Dale Murphy back in the day who never seen October either, but they were teams when times when the Braves had 90 plus win seasons, but. The uh, you Mets. Know, Mets were winning 115 Doc, games. Doc, you know what I mean? Goodman, so um, you know, Goodman, yeah. uh, strawberry but, in those okay, games. But now, yeah, but nowadays <laughs> they'd be unlocked and probably win a series. 
Yeah. You know, the way the Cardinals and the Nationals this year won their series when you had obviously two better teams with the Braves and the Dodgers, you know, overall record-wise. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I think the um, Astros are going to win it is because they, they fired their GM, their assistant GM. Yeah, that they was got in trouble. crazy. But yeah. did you notice as soon as they fired him, they started winning. They had to get rid of that curse. I didn't dive in Tauben. too much. I know he said something or was doing something inappropriate with a female reporter, female reporter but I didn't, right. I didn't dive into it too much. And, you know, so – I mean, nowadays that's a story, yeah. story a minute, you know, yeah. as far as something inappropriate being said, they had to being get that done. Curse off of them, you know. <laughs> from, what, from what I read, they they ended up picking up a guy who was suspended for domestic violence, um, and then after he closed the, one of the games out, he ran into like the reporters and was like screaming, "I'm so happy we got this guy!" And it was like a room right. of female reporters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just <laughs> wrong, wrong to get the wrong poor, time. Poor, but why poor run ch- over there and do that? Yeah, That's stupid was, on your part. Yeah, it was. It was. He had some intent there. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's dumb. <laughs> um, let's get back. You were talking earlier about NBA. Great first week. This is probably going to be one of the best NBA seasons, hands down. Yeah, because I the East is up. You got. Anybody can win. Anybody can win. You got at least six teams in the East that are good. I think compared next year like three even better. Next year could be even better. When KD is in Brooklyn, I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. And Clay, if everybody somewhat if stays comes, put, if he comes back, he gonna come. KD, back. he'll come back. KD. You're saying if he comes back as KD, as, oh, as KD, KD, as yeah, KD. You don't know how that yeah. Achilles injury. Look at um, my man that's in the Lakers now that was with the DeMarcus. Warriors last year, Demarcus, DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins. You know he doesn't seem to, even though different kind of player, different he kind carry, of body. Yeah, about to say different. Demarcus is carrying. More than 120 more pounds than KD probably could ever dream of. <laughs> so you know, it's, you know, That's but true. with true. that with that injury, I think the heavier you are, it's probably right. the worse, even right. harder to get back. I.E. Zion. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with his yeah, knees. That's gonna be that's gonna be scary. That's gonna be scary, <clears throat> right? Um, did the Lakers Clippers game live up to the hype? It did for me. It, it did. did for me. It did. It did for me. I, you know, I didn't catch the whole game. We actually had. Some uh, stuff in the office to do that that night, and all of us was like, "Okay, let's see if I can catch the end of this game." Right. <laughs> um, I will say this: uh, it lived up to the hype. But I just think that uh, I thought the Lakers would give a better show. I really did, and uh, you know, watching watching the Clippers, watching Kawhi and the crew, man, those guys being without new, Paul George, without Paul without George, Paul. being able to sink like that. It was almost like the, they had played together for a whole two or three seasons. Better coach. And it has a lot to do with coaching. I mean, I, I too, yeah, because I'll be honest with you, I watched that. I even watched the posture of, of Frank, and I just was like, I don't know if this guy's built for this gig, mm-hmm. right? It's just that's a big gig. And I think most people are looking at, at, at Jason saying. There's, there's a reason why know, they brought Jason. On. That's yeah. why they brought him on because, you know, obviously Laker, Laker Nation, they have the culture and all that. And so you need someone like that. I think Frank is a little more corporate in that way, maybe. Uh, and so, you know, you're going up against you know, powerhouse from coach down. And it's going to be tough to beat the Clippers I think in the seven-game series. I think you're going to have to wait and see come January who the Lakers really are. Um, I think because of LeBron's playing style and how he really learns his teammates and um, AD 
being such a beast that he is and trying to figure out where he can really be successful because of his unique talent of being so athletic and so tall and able to shoot and all that. I think you're going to have to wait till like January to really see it, who they really are going to be. Um, but the Clippers, on the other hand, you have, not wait. you have three all-defensive <laughs> players on one team. And a defensive-minded <laughs> head coach. And a right, defensive-minded head coach. So I just think... <laughs> Defense wins championships. Yes. I mean, you, you've got the best wing player with the second best wing player, arguably, with the fifth best wing player, arguably. It's, you know, it's, it's tough in a wing-dominated league, right? And so if we were in an, in an era where there was a big, big guy that could right. really yep. control it, mm-hmm. I think the Clippers would have maybe some issue there. But in today's wing-dominated league, I mean, they are stacked perfectly. I think... One of the teams that will give them fits, though, is Denver because of Jokic. Because of Jokic. So, I will say this about LeBron that, you know, I think it's been said, but people don't go too hard because he's such a – he's a lightning rod when it comes to debates or whatever. But I think the problem with LeBron is LeBron, outside of Wade and Bosh, and this is the reason why I think Bosh doesn't get enough credit, LeBron – he he makes you be perfect. And what I mean by that is you only have a sample size to get what you need to get. So if you go back and look at the Heat, um, and then he respected Wade because Wade was a bigger figure than LeBron was at, at that, that time. time. Nobody else pre prior to or after is going to be a bigger figure, so not even AD. So mm-hmm. AD's going to have to learn how to how to suppress himself a little bit. But I when think LeBron gonna, has already come in. I think you're going to see that change over, I over think the next so. few years. I think AD's going to go well, here. It ain't, ain't going to happen this year. So. <laughs> no, it will happen this year. It will, I'm going to tell you why it's going to happen this year. Is because, number one, you saw from game one, LeBron made it too much of a focal point to try and get AD going. He did. He didn't, he didn't do what he does. He didn't come in and, and say, okay, I tried to force feed it to you a few times. Now I have to be me and take over this game. He didn't do that. He kept trying to appease him. And I think he's going to continue to do that more because this is year 17. And so the old the older you get, the more you're going to have to rely yeah. on someone. So you have to start shelving the responsibility. So that's going to, so that's going to go to what I was about to say, the part that he makes is you he makes guys have to be perfect in this sense. When you look at you go back and look at Josh, even look at Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love gets he got about fifteen shots a game. Mm-hmm. He had to go eight for fifteen. Mm-hmm. If he went six for fifteen, five for fifteen, and it's thirty some odd percent, he's getting ridiculed. Well, when that, you look that's at the Bo- problem with playing LeBron. Period. It I, doesn't matter. But I mean, it don't matter who you are. If AD starts scoring look at seventeen the, and eight, it'll be LeBron. What happened? Well, I thought this was well, going to be. So that's you need question. help. So that's we thought question. AD was it, but he, LeBron would never get blamed. So that's my question. Look at this roster. Not none of those guys, or first of all, outside of AD, are used to even getting ten shots. Now you, you, you Kuzma. but he's hurt. Be, he's hurt right but now. You, but Kuzma's going to be a glue that they're going to need. Right. But exactly. after him, I think he's, yeah, I think after he's him, yeah. tell me who who on that roster is used to getting more. I mean, maybe Green. Green. But, but Green is a spot up. He's spot up. Corner. He knows his role. Yeah. yeah. So three and D. If, this team is if, more. If, if LeBron does, if LeBron does what he, he does, what you say he's going to do, they're not going to see past second round this year. He LeBron is going to have. I think it depends on the match. 
That's what I, everything past, East and West past, is going to come down past to. Past the second round. Second round. To me, second round is where they're going to get to. And, you know, maybe they wind up four or five and they get the Clippers and they don't get past that first round. But, you know, we, we figured they'll probably Clippers will be three, LA will be four, and then that'll get them to the second Who's round. one and two? I got, I like I, Denver. I got Denver and I got Portland. Oh, Portland's not going to be better than Clippers. I no, no, no. Regular season. Regular, regular season. season. And listen, I, I know. And they're, listen, not, they're not. But listen, listen. When I, but Portland has done this the last three years. Portland, uh, at, at All-Star break, Portland will be sitting at six. And, and then Portland and, 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 and right. will go 15 for 20. And then you look and they're like, they're a third seed? Like, when, when did that happen? They've done it the last three years. That is true. That I just, is, I just that feel... They're in the great Northwest. Nobody pays attention I just, I, I just feel, I feel the Clippers and the Lakers are going to take a lot of time to mesh, and before you know it, you're halfway through the season, and then do, do they do they get that Do they get that jump? I think the Clippers are maintained. I think the Lakers are playing and, and muddle around, and they'll wind up being the five seed. So that leaves the door open for teams that are already established, already have the chemistry, um, I like what the Portland did with acquiring um, the big man from uh, the Heat. Um, Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside. He got side. something to prove, you know, to, to, to dispel some of the imagery that, you know, he got from leaving Pat Riley and, and, and Spolster or whatever. So I just feel, based on past history, you know, recent history, come All-Star break, you'll be sitting there and they're going to be sitting at six and they're going to go on that 15 to 20 game. I think they'll start off about third or fourth because of the chemistry and the other teams will – to that point, have to find the chemistry. And that's the reason why I got point, Denver. I got, already be up there. And I got Denver, win, I got Denver winning, the, winning the way. But I got to apologize for saying Golden State last week. Well, I had them at an AC, and I was saying they, that's why I had they them out. Ate, and I said maybe Dallas, who you already had in, mm-hmm. but I thought Clay would be back by end of February, 1st so, of March. Yeah, but, they, but, yeah, no Clay, like we were talking earlier, no KD, Quinn Cook, Livingston gone. There's too much. There's um, too many pieces gone. Iguodala gone. Yeah, yeah. Too many. Too, too, too KD many. obviously gone. My, my man, that, that's yeah. it. It's just Steph and Draymond. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not, it. And, and, and D-Lo. He got himself thrown out the game, so you can already tell he ain't ready yeah, for it. Right. <laughs> he, he ain't ready for the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get fouled. He was starting. He's been, been around green. He's looking for somebody. <laughs> he ain't ready for the pressure, so he's going to have to learn. Right. <laughs> On the Eastern side, um, the two teams that are still undefeated, Hawks and Philly, playing tonight. Currently, the Hawks are up by five with five minutes to go in, uh, until halftime. So, surprising to see how well the Hawks are playing. Mm. Trey Young averaging 38.5. Mm. We saw this last year toward the end because he made that huge push to actually be considered co-MVP with Luka Doncic. Mm. But it's we weren't sure if that was going to be just a fade or sustainable. Mm-hmm. He started off at least the year so far I, I, that way. I, 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 I if we had all little do do again. I, I, I would still pick, go Luca. I go Luca and not and not. Um, I agree. And and not. Now I know our our, our engineer, <laughs> but I am. But it was I, for the culture. I, I am. <laughs> when the Migos give you their blessing, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that's what yeah, you got to no, do. No, I, I, I understand. You know. I understand all the reasons yeah, why they drafted them. I understand why. Well, you know what I mean? You know, Young, what you're trying to do, trying to build. They brought a guy in from the Warriors, the head coach. He was in Philly, and he also was, you know, Warriors, so he has that culture. So I, I, I get it. I actually like what they did in this draft when they went and got Cam. 
uh, Reddish. Uh, Reddish. Like he, he, he fits Hunter, what they're trying to Hunter, do. Hunter's going to be the Because guy. they didn't Hunter. play defense last year. Yeah, now you can see them starting to play defense I love Hunter, I love Hunter yeah. more than I like I like Reddish. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he's a wing guy. and You, you need that in the league. To. You need a wing defender. And, he's, right. and he showed his worth. And that's the reason why I was, that's the reason why I was so hard on, on Trey. Because I was like, Unlike baseball, where you got to work your way up, basketball kind of tells me what what, I, what I'm going to see in yeah. that in that in the NCAA. Yeah, sure. you know, right. you 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 may not get to the to the Final Four because of your team, but you can actually win two 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 games. I wouldn't be- know. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, you look at guys like Ben Simmons, and that's not necessarily. But I, but I look at, I look at they guys. They didn't even make it. I, ben, ben wasn't even make ben it. wasn't really playing. He wasn't really playing. But I look, I look at guys was, like Jay Morant. He was trying not to who, get hurt. Who yeah, took his Jay guys Morant to was, a Sweet yeah, 16 out of a yeah. small school. He carried them the he first two Kyrie's games. He shot Kyrie's you know? other night to so, win the game. You look yeah, at even Steph Curry. Steph Curry was a one one. One guy playing halfway well from get to the final four at Davidson. You know what I mean? So Chris Paul, yeah, yeah, carry guys, whatever. So when I seen the latter half of uh, Trey's last season, freshman season, sophomore season, and then they get wiped out in the in the in uh, eleven five seed in the NCAA, I'm like, ah, your stocks done came down for me or whatever. But I'm happy to see him, you know, grow. And sometimes you're gonna have an ugly duckling, right? So you know, do you want to be pretty in high school or do you want to be Pretty at the reunion, and so I really, <laughs> I rather be pretty at the reunion. <laughs> so hopefully he grow into that. He grow into that reunion. You know what I mean? Proven champion yeah. overseas, yeah. and he has the body for it too. And he hasn't fallen off at all. No, and from he last went, year. And he's going to help Prozinka now because right. it doesn't have to have all that pressure that he yeah, had when Dallas. he was in New York and whatnot. That was so, going to be a tough. That was going to be tough. Yeah. That's why I had them in at that eight seed. And so then you, you, get th- you think out. they're over New Orleans? Yes, yeah. yes, because the 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 cloud over New Orleans, no matter what they do, is going to be until um, Zion until comes Zion back. comes back. And so now that causes two problems. If I'm winning without you, and now you come back, <clears throat> you know what I mean? No, you can easily <laughs> add him into the mix. No, I know, but I'm just saying this in general. It's not know. like he is a ball dominant person like Kyrie that you have to add into the mix, or a Chris Paul True. or yeah. a Westbrook. He's a role player that's that going to get rebounds. That ain't, that ain't how they – No, no, but, not, but that's what he is, though. though. He's a rebounder, it. and he's going to get his dunks. One jump shot but, a game, but get you not, that 18 and 10. That's and that's not, what he's – But that's not That's easier to fit in. But that's easier to – I mean, he's going to be on SportsCenter now. That's easier He's going to be the highlights. Coming off. That's right. That's easier to fit in. I think they overshot him, though. It's like – they shot him all the way up. Say, man, give this guy a chance to get in here and, right, yeah, and, yeah. and really get acclimated to the. To and stay out of Chef Whoever's restaurant well, while you hurt. Stay out of Chef Ron. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Which is why I think it's going to be hard for Philly to to make it out of the East because Embiid hurt tonight, but, didn't yeah. play. Big men usually have a problem sometimes. And when it gets to be chronic and nagging things yeah. that injure yeah, I mean, them, he came, into the, league with a, he came into the league with a foot problem. So, you know. Yeah. Um, that's another reason why. Um, who do we have? And Ben Simmons didn't even take a three point shot in the. Ben first Simmons game. ain't gonna shoot. So shout out, shout out to Greg. We don't know what we don't know what he can do because he won't take it. He won't take. He won't even take, <laughs> he won't take the shot. He's perfect. He's zero zero. He saw a shot that he liked. Like 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 right. <laughs> Still wait on that perfect shot. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no DMs going on with him. <laughs> Oh, we got to take a quick break. We got our last break. This is DNA Sports Talk 1100 AM. We'll be right back.
Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world, <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com This is DNA Sports Talk. This is Ace of the A in DNA. Check us out each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WWE AM 1100 or dnasportstalk.com. If you're more than a Falcons, Hawks, and Braves fan, check out the latest and greatest in sports and news on MLB, PGA, NASCAR, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and NCAA News. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan-style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWE 1100 AM. Hello and welcome back to DNA Sports Talk, where we bring the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so, once again. So I got a guy's PHP sitting in. Y'all good, man? Oh, yes, yeah. Sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. Excellent, excellent. Um, what you want to do, football? Let's, 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 do the, let's just go through the, uh, the the NBA real quick. We're talking about off-air, and then okay. we go to football real quick. Go, th- go ahead. Well, who's your, um, who's your one, one through eight? One through each eight. conference, no particular order, really, unless you want to go... All right, one through eight on the West. Um, Denver, Clippers, Portland, Jazz, Lakers. San Antonio. Mavericks. Okay. San Antonio. 
Pels. Pels at eight? Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, because he, he went to Houston at eight. He was down in New Orleans. I understand why I, you got I forgot. Do that. I left out Houston. I can't, I can't be disrespectful. Okay. So now Pels out. Pels out. What? No beignets when you go back. As long as I ain't getting none, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you, it's a five, five to nine in the West is going to be topsy-turvy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to have a lot of teams fighting, fighting for the last four spots. In the gotcha. East, um, of course, I think Milwaukee and Philly are sort of the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Um, from there on down, it could be, I mean, Miami's really good. Um, of course, Brooklyn might sneak in there. Boston's got, got still Indiana. got some good players. Indiana with Oladipo coming back. Toronto, you know, is, is still talented in the East. Is still very talented. Um, you know, maybe the Magic sneak in there. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> got some land down there in, uh, in Orlando. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, you know. I like Aaron Gordon as a player. I like, okay, I like Aaron not, Gordon not as a player. Okay, okay. PHP, y'all doing some business down there in the Magic? Yeah, we actually <laughs> Small man, small, small man, man. No problem down there. <laughs> Getting that plug in, no right. problem. <laughs> good, good. Okay. Uh, before we go football, let's go to golf. Congratulations, Tiger Woods, Ty Sam's knee. That's two weeks 82. in a row he called oh. a Tiger Woods. Oh. Like you, you saw how fast he tried to roll over that, too? <laughs> he tried to, he was like, yeah, let's go to golf. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, okay, over here. so, <laughs> four years ago. How are you going to do that? Four I tell you, boy. See, see this is why he wanted to talk. Four years ago, it was 4-3. Three years ago. Three mm-hmm. years ago, I said that at that point, I said he was at 79. I said he'll easily break Sam Snead's record. Of 82. Of 82 total PGA Tour victories. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him winning another major. Use the, because word, you, use the word you used. I said he would never okay. win another major. I would major. get him in trouble. I said he would never win one. Because I didn't see the mental aspect of the game. I told you then. He need to go back to Butch Harmon. If he doesn't go back to Butch Harmon, then that's it for him because Butch, it wasn't about his swing. Butch was between his two ears. Mm-hmm. Those six inches, he had Tiger locked in mentally. And Tiger, you know, could switch and do all this. And as you get older, you change. They have nothing to do with that. And you always let, uh, held on to him. He should have um, set out an entire set. year with that injury. Back surgery before this back surgery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I understand that. But again, if he's not mentally there, there's no way he's going to win a major. Other tournaments here and there, no problem. Because there's going to be several at Firestone, several at Pebble. Um, there's always Arnie's tournament. Oh, he's won each of those seven, eight times each. I just He could play those, you know, <laughs> with his eyes closed. I mean, his dad literally taught him how to play in the dark. He would jiggle change in his pocket, you know, because he said these are the type of things you're going to see on the tour. So him now tying the record, congratulations again, mm-hmm. 82, first ever PGA Tour event over in Japan. Not surprised. More surprising to me was winning the Masters back in April. Now, he just came off of, the other thing too, I will say, he started off with three bogeys on his first round and then finished nine under. So that means, you know, I mean, he finished six under, so that was nine birdies after those first three bogeys. Through those 18 holes over the course of the weekend, which was delayed by rain, there was 16, he birded at least 16 of the 18 and he parted the other two and he didn't give him points. So the game was there, but what he said afterwards was, 
I was mentally prepared to play. <clears throat> That's what I had not seen or heard. Even with the injuries so, and coming back, so you got confidence. So you got confidence upcoming season. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep that same and smoke. That's right why now. I am here <laughs> to tell you he is on the calendar for my pace to tie. Now I was on him breaking. You were on his breaking. But now I've come down. He'll tie majors, but he got to win a major every year and a half. So if he hadn't won the uh, the Augusta Last this year, year, this year, this year, then I would have been like, okay, what am I going to do? But when he won this year, he's on my schedule for every year and a half to win a major before he gets to the senior tour to tie the uh, the eighteen. The eighteen. He won't break it. I, I came down, came to that down one, out of that, but one. he he'll he'll tie it. So, but you gotta stop using the word never. <laughs> Same thing you did with Serena. I did. I stop. said she would never win another major. And that's why you keep on getting these reactions for anybody. But has she won one since I said it. That's no. that, that bad energy you give me. She keeps on losing in the championship. But it's not like I'm rooting against them. I just, I just didn't see right, it man, at he, that he, point. He rooting against. Them. I'm not. Rooting. <laughs> they gotta root against them so you can be right. <laughs> Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> I'm always right. <laughs> but now, oh, it'll man. be interesting to see what happens yes. um, coming into next year. How well he plays, and yeah, he I'll, has a legit shot. Of course, if he's ever going to win one. I, I did give that caveat. It would be the Masters because everything else changes. For those who don't know, the yeah, Masters the, is the only, only major that's played the, the same, same course every, every year, single yeah, time. Yeah, they change the uh, yeah. course. Everything level. else yeah, changes. Yeah, but because um, we we did one show where we looked up. He had several other chances because St. Andrews is coming up, the old course for the Open. And the course they just had Pebble for PGA. So there, there are other chances at courses that he enjoys or has won several times that he has a chance to win another major. Yeah. But that's the competition, the pressure, the being the favorite again, that's what I wasn't sure mentally he was going to be prepared for. Got you. I got you. That's all. That is all. For the night. I'll remind you. I'm going to remember never. That's what I'm going to remember. Do you see that's, that's why never. I you keep on getting in trouble with that word never. <laughs> We'll see what happens. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see what happens. Um, quickly, college football, who's your first four and last uh, two it's, it's simple. Uh, no particular order, but um, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, uh, dang, since Oklahoma lost, who? Bayou Bengals. Um, oh, Bengals, yeah. Um, LSU. LSU. Yeah, LSU won? Mm, no, I did no particular order, but my four in. Okay. Clemson, Alabama, um, uh, Ohio State and uh, LSU. LSU. I, I LSU one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Clemson four. It's hard. I'm I'm almost ready to. Get, I just can't give Penn State four. I'm sorry. Penn State five, and um. I don't know who I and all because a couple of weeks you got to choose a game yeah. between that LSU Alabama game. Whoever whoever wins that one, then you got to drop somebody else Very off. True. I um, know Jalen Hurts lost to Heisman. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're so now it's just now. Now the Heisman race is really right now. Burrow, Burrow, Fields, and um, Lawrence, and um, maybe no. Well, two is not in it because he's he had this. This is what hurt him the last time. He missed the game. He missed the game, but I so, think. Was, but you know how Alabama is. Sometimes they miss stuff on purpose, and it works out. <laughs> it works out better for them. So I think missing this game. Cause they didn't play nobody. What did they play? Arkansas, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they them numbers you could. That's them numbers is transferable. 
<laughs> Whoever you playing, they scored fifty some odd points. That might as well playing Chattanooga, as far as I'm concerned. Right. So he still got a chance to get healthy and show up against LSU. The LSU game is the front runner for the Heisman. Yeah. Now, if Tua only misses the one game and then he has an excellent game, well, the season the, LSU, the season's yes. back in for him. He's gonna have the LSU game. He's gonna have the Auburn game, which is gonna be a top fifteen team. He's gonna have whoever's in the SEC championship game, which looks like it might probably be Florida or Georgia, but it does it's be another top fifteen team. Right now, they're picking Georgia to win the game. Against they're Florida? a six point favorite. Yeah. I got Georgia probably beating Florida, but I got them losing to Auburn. Ooh. That's so Georgia. That's tough. We got a call on the line. Hello? Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, oh, my start, uh, Tiger Woods got 82. <laughs> what's going on, Slim? How you doing, sir? Hey, Mr. Don Stenson and Mr. Asia Brown, Mr. Richard Welch, and Mr. Jared McKay. Greetings to you all. Yes, sir. How, How are you, you doing, sir? Hello. hello. Hey, well, you know, I just want to say one thing real fast. Two things, really. Number one. I'm proud of you all at DNA um, Sports Talk Show. I'm proud of you all because of the, the professional guests that you always have on the show. That's number one. Number two is regarding Tiger Woods. Somebody said that Tiger Woods wasn't going to win a major, but he won the Masters. And somebody said that we were supposed to get a steak dinner. I changed my mind now. I'd like to have a salmon dinner. Not, not a problem. I'll be right there with you. I'm waiting on my. I, I, you get the salmon. I get the steak, the filet mignon, <laughs> the heavy cut. <laughs> well, y'all are brutal, boy. And I want, I want your salmon to be. Uh, I want your salmon to be wild raised. We don't want no. We don't want no farm oh. salmon. We want a wild raised salmon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How you feeling, yeah, Slim? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm um, trying to get ready for the 2020 year. I haven't made a commitment yet, but i um <clears throat> been offered an opportunity to go to Africa in March of 2020 and possibly go to um, uh, Italy next year as well. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, but I still need to come by and see you all, spend some time with you on the show. The, you know the doors. You know the door is, door is always open for those who don't know who right. Okinawa Slim is. He is um, an international, wild, renowned billiards player, and uh, he's still waiting on his chance to get um, uh, inducted into the, into the uh, Hall, of, Hall of Fame. Billiards Hall of Fame. He was up for this year, and it didn't happen. But when that happens, he'll be the second African American. To be in, in, inducted into the wow. biggest Hall of Fame, Amazing. so uh, congratulations in congratulations in advance. Yes, sir. So thank we, you. So yeah. we, he's always welcome. Yeah. Usually when he comes in, it turns into the <laughs> Okinawa Slim show. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no usually. Yeah, ain't no usually. It does. <laughs> you know what I mean? We give it over to him, but he's always been he's been in our in our corner since day one, yep. and um, he does a lot of a lot of different things. Like I said, internationally, right? Not just locally. And um, so uh, we always enjoy his, his, his calls to come in. But, you know, Don, <laughs> we try to talk to him. <laughs> Don went listen about this Tiger Woods scenario. <laughs> and, we, hey, and and next season, uh, Slim, we're going to get him on Serena. I think she's going to go ahead and win the Australian mm-hmm. Open out the box. Go ahead and just tie that thing up. And then he's going to have to hear about that, you know, as well. Yep. As soon as the season starts next, I think she's gonna get it out, get it out the way real quick. Oh, he got, he put, yeah. he put the same scenario on Serena. She's not gonna win one more. <laughs> I 
out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is hey, I'd like to make one comment, if you will, to your guests. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm watching you all on my computer right now. This is an idea photo that you all should take of them and put it in a frame. This is that's an idea photo. Y'all look sharp on the show, brothers. Thank you. I appreciate thank you, thank that. You. Thank you so much. That's why that's why me and Don are in the photo. Yeah, you know, we let them we're gonna let them have it. Right. You know? <laughs> We get, some, we get some more viewership than us. <laughs> hey, I take it everywhere I, everywhere I go. He made me look good. <laughs> well, all right, Slim, we gonna hit this. Fo- we gonna hit this football segment, and then uh, we gonna wait for you to um, tell in. us when you gonna come in. You ain't gotta tell us. Just come on in. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still working on this deal. The gentleman uh, renovated his place so we can do that live broadcast. So it's beautiful. Okay. So- sounds good. Let us know. Yeah. You there? You there, you there, Slim? Uh-oh. Okay. You have a good one. You there? You there, Slim? This happens on live. What happens on live radio? Right. He fell off. But hey, <laughs> Slim, I know you're listening, man. We appreciate appreciate your always, call man. as always. And if you need to know anything about him, just Google him. Okinawa Slim. And Okinawa Slim. I yes. love that's a, that's an yeah. awesome name. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't name though. Home, right? Ain't though. That is a, that is a oh, dope man. name. Right? A dope yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you the story and listen. The legend known is Okinawa Slim. Pretty much what it is. It was only brother back in the day. Um, tonight, who you going with, Dolphins Steelers? Steelers. Uh, it's fourteen zero right now. So Steelers up. Keep that same energy. No Dolphins. Dolphins what? Yes. They, they Dolphins trying, trying to win. They trying to win again. Well, they, 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 should, they, they, you know, they gotta win one to face, you know, to save face. Uh, you know, they gotta win one. They, they lose. They lose. They lose. They lose. 21, 20, they lose twenty four twenty one. It's possible. Yeah, I see that happening. I'm going with. It's I'm possible. still sticking with the Steelers. Uh, surprised that San Francisco undefeated? No. No. I, I was surprised when they were four zero. I'm not surprised now. I think three games into this thing, um, midway through the season. They're legit. They're not a fluke. And it's in the NFC West, and so which is not a fluke division either, even with That's the Arizona. toughest division. Yeah. That's a tough division. Um, was Arizona's the worst team We're, at 3 at, 4 at, and 1? Yeah, exactly. And the same thing when you go. And they the, haven't been blown out either, the no, Cardinals. No, they've been in, in every game. So um, um, I think on the flip side, well, you stay in the well, NFC. Well, except for I think against the, the Saints this past weekend. Yeah. And NFC North is the, probably the second toughest division. Um, South, the with the uh, Jacksonville is four and four, and at the bottom of the division. They, they, listen, they every I don't consider everybody always going nine and seven and considered to be a tough division. But you play each other six times. I get it, but everybody go nine and seven. Like every year, somebody <laughs> nine and seven and they win the division, and everybody else eight and eight, seven and nine, and we call it a tough division. No, that's like tough. giving the like giving the participation that's award. Tough. That's oh, tough. No, no, yes. That's tough. I need I need a team to be at least eleven and five, and then the next two teams be eight and eight, nine and seven. And then you have a team that at the bottom only because they couldn't win in the division. But that shows you that you're winning in the division. If you're going seven and nine or eight and eight, and you're at the bottom, that means you won at least two or three games in your division. Yeah, that means you can't you can't have a Patriots situation where we automatically know they're gonna start the season six and zero because they're gonna win every single game in their division. Then they need to find four to five other wins somewhere else. No, I'm saying those guys at the bottom of the division, usually in the AFC South. Don't win in the division and don't win outside the division. You do. You cannot win. 
You can't do. You both. can't do both. No, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm saying when they're at six and ten, they're not winning the six games in the division. They're winning two games in the division, and then maybe but again, so again, if I can come in and know there's no possible way to sweep my division or even go five and one, that's a tough division. No reason with this. No, because no, no, not. I'm tired of every team being uh, seven, nine, and seven. And how do you feel about the Saints bringing Drew Brees back? I mean, it's, it's Drew Brees' team. Yeah. You can't. You wouldn't have rested him one more week, maybe? Probably could have rested him against the Falcons. That'd have been two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that much better. I, I think if, if he came back and he was healthy, I think if there was any question, they would have held him out another week okay. because they've been doing so well. Um, but I think if he came back, he was he was ready to go. He was probably ready last week, and then they rested him another week last week. That's, That's what right. I would say. It never was no controversy on who was going. Like you said, it was Drew B. No, it, wasn't, it was just a it matter was, of was was he healthy, healthy uh, when they wanted to play him. So five, they went five and zero oh without him. Yep, any week was good to bring him back. Yeah, you know, if he said to your point, it's my, it's his team. If he said he's ready to go, they're not saying no. Whose job does? Uh, does their, his backup take next year? Does I hope get, he comes to Chicago up? now. I, I'm sick of Trubisky. <laughs> he has to go. Period. You, we talked about this last week. Our defense is top five. They got two, maybe three more years at that level. I'm getting two years. Um, got wide receivers. You got two running backs. I, Cohen, you can use interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Montgomery is really good. Everything is there. I, Nagy. Okay, I mean, I would have – it goes to show you how they feel about Trubisky because we had a minute left to go, and we basically played for the field goal. 41-yarder, which is makeable, but we played for the field goal. If you got a quarterback you even remotely trust, you, you try to get at least 10, 15 more yards, you nothing get, risky. You roll them out, and screen. And, and you know, words, it's you, a basically you, a long you, handoff you is what to you're going to do. Them. You, they were trying you're to trying protect them. So, so that's, he's so not the answer. They make the biggest Right. So – I want Bridgewater now. And if I'm Bridgewater, I stay right there. In the oh, game. no, I agree I'm now. The second, I'm the uh, highest paid <laughs> backup. Right. I already earned I'll my take work. Foles. I'll take Nick Foles right now. And, and I look at, and that's who I would look at and realize I don't need to go be a starter. I, I look at Nick Foles, who Philadelphia probably should have paid the extra money. They put his, pay his the, starter the, money the, like Bridgewater. For him to stay. And then you go, not so much even you get hurt, just to your you know point about you know the expectations now that you're a starter. The expectation for Bridgewater was to go two and two, and he wound up going five and no. So he's actually now really the bridge to their future. Right. So why would he? Pun intended. So they can they can. <laughs> it's his job uh, yeah, whenever Breeze makes exactly, it. and he'll get another big contract, and then they can go look for someone in the draft to to, or they might use Hill. Maybe you know what I mean, but. He's not going nowhere. They're, they're, they're going to pay for him to stay there. He's that bridge. He's not going nowhere. Falcons like, get second around for Sanu? Not bad. Not bad. I mean, yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. You saw it coming. You're not going to yeah. get a first round. You rounder. could pay him, right? They could, no. could pay him next, next year. Mm-hmm. So you, you get you a second round. You didn't need to, to be honest with you. They I mean, got to pass a few more players to get into the first round. So Vic know, Beasley, Beasley and Trufant, please don't mention that his name. They got, <laughs> my they, they got a, they got a. They I have a dump button for that. <laughs> okay, very let me. I, I got to ask him a question real quickly. Um, rumor <laughs> is that the reason why Vic is allowed to stay is because he's a part of the agency CAA. I think is the name of it, which has Julio, Matt, Grady, Jared. It's like two two others, but so basically, this one client or you know has. 
five or six of the high-profile Falcons has worked out a deal. Good or bad in business to handle it that way? <clears throat> it is the, I would say it's the architecture of business, right? Business okay. is kind of set up that way. So <clears throat> you're always going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, you're always going to be leaning that way because of the, the um, I guess, the celebrity aspect of it all. So I, I'm saying it's good. I think it's good for the players. I, I think it, it depends on who you're looking at it and from what perspective. Well, yeah, it's always a If you're the owner, then this agent sort of holding all his other guys over your head saying, mm-hmm. if, if you don't want this guy, then I'm going to overcharge you on my other guy's deal. That right? is correct. But if, <laughs> but if, that's if business, you're, though. That's how business, but, business but that, is. But again, that's leverage. business, right? And, and if you're right. If you're the player, maybe that's one of the reasons you connected with that agent because, mm-hmm. you know, you have that close proximity. Um, but from the agent's perspective, you're, you're using the leverage you have. Um, I think it depends on which seat you sit in, it, whether it's good or bad. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking at it from the, the seat because, you know, you have the big, huge company and you got these things yeah. going on. So when someone is, cre- is able to create a power position, I'm always rooting for that guy, yeah. right? Because he, cre- he put something together that most people may have not or just based think, on the relationships he was I th- able I think to it's, I stuff. think it's bad for the Falcons. I think it's bad when it's good when it's everything is good. I think it's, it's bad, bad when, when everything goes bad, bad yeah, because yeah, yeah. now you don't have any wiggle room. If you're the Falcons, now you need to make moves, yeah. and you don't have that wiggle room because, to your point, the agent is saying, well, what you going to do? You, you gonna do? I, can, <laughs> I can squeeze you on this one if you don't make this move right. Or if it's a guy, in this case, people want to see – Vic Beasley out of here. Um, I think Vic Beasley is probably getting the same, to a degree, some of the same uh, raw deal that we give um, that we give Matt Ryan in the aspect of he was never going to be a power rusher off the edge. He was always going to have to do, you know. He was always a tweener. A tweener, yeah. He was a tweener. He, he, you know, he so was in between. He, he, he wasn't really quick enough to get yeah, around. but not, he wasn't not, not, big enough not, to Not big right. enough to overpower the, the, the left tackle or whatever because always the, that's, your best, that's your best guy on the O-line, he, that blind side or whatever side. In so college, he was able to he had over-dominant, over-athletic yeah, exactly. others. But he and also when had. when you get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's a different guy. It's a different game. He, he also had yeah. that D line. The interior line was one of the best in the in the country that year. He was there. I, I think and his his best season here in Atlanta. Atlanta developed the. They had Poe and and, and I want to say Barber. They had the best uh, the interior. Left him one on one on running backs and on tight ends. When they gone, he's one on one on the best yeah. left tackle mm. for that team. And he's too light. To make a basketball <laughs> reference, he's he's CJ McCollum. He's not Damian Lillard. Yeah, and when is. you don't have Damian Lillard, then CJ McCollum is now he's he's not he's forced into that role that yeah, he's, he's not forced used into to that role that's just not him. Yeah, right? so I, I I so I feel for him to a degree, but I put all of this this whole debacle for me with the Falcons and where it's winded up at, and I'm gonna say it. I said it during the preseason when I told you that Miami game when they had fourth and one and they didn't go for it in the preseason. I was like, this tells me who they are as a, as a coaching staff. They did it again yesterday. You're down 3-0, um, fourth and inches on Seattle's 42 or 45. You 1-6. Why are you punting the ball? Why? Well, why, why? well, I told you they didn't have an identity as so a team. So you punt the ball. Period. They're the not, very next you don't drive, know what, who they are as yeah. a team. The very next drive, Seattle goes down, hits, hits a big 74-yard bomb, it's 10-0, now you wrap back, now you abandon the run, you're throwing mm-hmm. the ball all over the play. The next the next possession, 
um, Shab throws an interception. Now you're down 17-0. All based off of one play. When you when you it's fourth and inches, and you, again it's one and six. It. All right, we got to get out of here. So, uh, JJ Watt, hit us up because these two gentlemen need your services now that you've retired. Uh, <laughs> let everybody know how they can reach you. Your information. Awesome. Um, I would say I'm, I'm a social media guy. Hit me on uh, the Generational Wealth Builders on Instagram, and uh, or PHP Agency is our website. PHPAgency.com, and uh, of course me, Richard Welch. Hit me up on. All the social media sites. Jared as well. You can, uh, Jared McKay on LinkedIn, The Wealth Renaissance on Instagram, uh, bringing a change to how we see wealth. And um, yeah, I'm always looking to have good conversations. I appreciate you guys. You find DNA Sports Talk on Twitter, DNA Sports Talk on Instagram, DNA Sports Talk on Snapchat, DNA Sports Talk on Facebook. Reach us directly, DNA Sports Talk at Gmail, website www.dnasportstalk.com. Next Monday, right here on Love WWE eleven hundred AM. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Tell the whole world the truth is bad.